What is up, everyone? It is Palmer here doing a solo show on the Nope Just Sports podcast. I hope everyone's enjoying their Saturday. Had a little uh, workout this morning, feeling pretty good. Definitely out of shape, but, you know, that's okay. Um, Me and the guys, we're all training for a half marathon that Brandon signed us up for or he wants us to do with him, which I think is fine because I think I need to get back in shape anyways. But yeah, I hope everyone is enjoying the podcast so far. Remember, rate, review, subscribe, and uh, talk to us. Let us know what you want us to talk about. We'd love to hear your feedback. All is appreciated. But we're just going to get going right here on the omissions list. Um, Number one, just golf in general. I feel like I always do this, but yesterday I went to my first golf simulator, and it was actually pretty fun. It was a little inaccurate, I mean, because... I don't want to sound like that guy, but literally like the screen, like the, the net or whatever you would call it in front of it, the mesh was 12 feet from where the ball was hit. Now I landed up to the crease where the turf hits the bottom of the net. So right in that 90 degree little area of the crevice. And that was 12 feet away. It was on a putt and my ball went five feet. So like there was a little bit like the calibration might've been off a little bit. I'm not going to blame it on that at all either. I was doing like, there was five of us. We were doing a two V three scramble. Um, me and my friend JJ, we ended up losing by two strokes in 18 holes, but yeah, it was pretty fun. Definitely cheaper as well. We only paid 16 bucks for 18 holes. So 16 bucks, bucks each because they rent it by screen. So uh Yeah. It was super fun. Another thing is the baby is growing inside Emma very well. Everything looks pretty good. Doc says that she's right on size. Um, all the organs look good. The brain looks good. The heart's pumping away. And she started kicking. So we, that's exciting. We started feeling her kick a couple uh, weeks ago. Sorry, we haven't been able to do any uploads, honestly. Like I've been wanting to do a solo show the last two days. I haven't got to it. We feel really bad. We've just gotten super busy. You know, Griffin's moving or he just moved. He finally got his Wi-Fi like you guys heard back. Um, Let's see, on Tuesday, Daxton's starting school up again. Brandon's starting school. Brandon's got some interviews. Uh, Same here. I just got a bunch of side jobs and uh, school again. Yeah, it's been uh, pretty crazy, but uh, let's hop right into the show. I wanted to start the show by talking about... Well, first, let's do the short sports, too. So first thing on the short sports is Chet Holmgren suffered a foot injury, a small fracture in his foot, but it is bad enough to be out the entire 2022-2023 season. Now, this obviously is horrible news for Thunder Nation, namely me, but, I mean, I wasn't too high on him. I I remember in the podcast, I said that he has a great upside. Like, obviously, he can come in, and if he were ever able to gain some weight and perform decently on the offense, they should probably limit his games because of the risk of injury. And lo and behold, here we are, and season hasn't even started yet. wasn't even in an NBA preseason game or anything. It was in a pro-AM league. He has broken something in his foot. And, yeah. Uh, Sorry, Chet hate to break it to you, but welcome to the NBA. He was playing against LeBron when it happened. Number two, ESPN has Texas a or ESPN uh, analysis um, 
Des Howard, I'm pretty sure his name, Desmond Howard had, he, he did his predictions for the college football playoff and he had Texas A&M, Michigan, Baylor, and Pitt. Uh, it's such a bad prediction that I didn't want to talk about it. It's on the short sports. And number three, Padres star Fernando Tatis Jr. is charged for performance-enhancing drugs. I am a huge Padres fan. I wouldn't say huge, but I am a Padres fan. And this is devastating news. He claims to deny it. He said, she said, whatever. Uh, it's just sad all in general. Don't really. Uh, Padres acquired some really good pieces recently. Uh, Juan Soto. But I guess we'll just have to wait. He's going to be suspended for, I think, it was 60 games. Might be 80. Honestly, I can't remember, remember very well. I don't pay too much attention to baseball. But that is it for the short sports. Moving on to the real meat and potatoes of this podcast. I am going to talk a little bit about the Chiefs first. Then we'll head into some Laker talk. Uh, after that, we'll segue to some Nets talk. And you'll see why I'm actually a little bit more bullish on the Nets than people think. And we'll finish off with a little bit of Cowboys, my Cowboys, and then we'll end the show. So I have the Chiefs. Uh, we had the podcast uh, months ago about what we think their records were going to be in that gauntlet of, of a division. And I think I had them going 11 and 6, but I just changed my prediction. Now, hear me out. Don't go crazy on me right now. But I think it's fair to change my prediction. It's, it's, I'm, okay. I'm changing them to 12 and five instead of 11 and six. So let's not go too crazy. I'm not going to like change all my predictions in the whole NFL, but I am a little bit more bullish on them after giving it some thought. Uh, I have them going 12 and five with losses at the Bengals, the Rams, the Chargers, the Bills, and the Raiders. Now, Two of those are in division. I am a little more skeptical on the Broncos now that they lost their receiver and just a new head coach. You never know what it's going to be like. Raiders look really good in the preseason, so I'm going to have them take a loss there. Chargers, you know, they have Justin Herbert. They have a really good quarterback, I and they're in division. Tough. Bengals, great quarterback. Rams, great quarterback and coach. And Bills, Josh Allen. Uh, simple as that. But when people talk about how last season, yeah, we saw like this little four or five week stretch or six week stretch of how bad Mahomes was. Well, guess where he ended up? Yeah, again, in the AFC championship game. I trust him a lot more than I trust Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert. I trust Andy and Mahomes, who have done it four straight years, mind you, four straight years to the AFC championship game. Uh, I'm very high, maybe not to the AFC champion, but I'm very high on the chiefs a lot more than the chargers Broncos. They're good. They have a good defense, but they're just kind of unproven. Russell Wilson has had people like to say that he liked to quote unquote, let's let Russ cook. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. He's very good quarterback. One of the best we've seen, but at the same time, like he had some good pieces in Seattle I understand that the coaching was probably messed up and you know, he, he, they didn't quote unquote let Russ cook. So I'm a little more skeptical on them on the Broncos because they lost some pieces and they just have a new head coach. Like he's just unproven to me. I can't put my money on someone that hasn't proven himself yet. AKA Justin Herbert, 
which I mean, he has proven himself a little bit, but that's another topic. I'm talking about the chiefs right now. Uh, I have heard that they are going to be a little bit more run centric. And I think this will help Patrick Mahomes a little bit more because he'll be able to relax a little bit more in the pocket and not be so relied on Andy Reed. If there's anyone that can scheme up plays, it's Andy Reed and get these guys open. And if there's anyone that can throw it to them on the run or ad lib outside the pocket, it's Patrick Mahomes. If he's more run centric, I think they'll be able to, you know, have the play action become more versatile and more usable. I don't know what the word is exactly, but I think they'll be able to not slow the game down, but control the game a little bit more, not be so heavily reliant on their offense. Because ultimately what screwed them over in the AFC championship game against the Bengals was the Bengals defense. It was the chiefs offense that got shut down. Patrick Mahomes got shut down. And that was the first we've ever seen Patrick Mahomes get shut down necessarily in a playoff game. Because if you look at the super bowl that he lost to the bucks and against Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes was just literally running for his life the entire time. And it was different in the loss against the Bengals, in my opinion, because against the Bengals, he got absolutely shut down. It wasn't necessarily his fault against the Bucks. It was more of their offensive line that just kept just falling apart. Now, against the Bengals, I feel like their offense just struggled, and that was mainly to Mahomes. I'm going to say it right now. It was mainly to Mahomes. But I have heard, and Daxon made fun of me on the last podcast about this, but I have heard that Mahomes has a different look in his eye this year. Like, he, that loss, that was a tough loss. That – like you can't lose to one of the worst offensive lines in football in the AFC championship game to a rookie head coach. Like it's just unheard of against, especially an organization like the Cincinnati Bengals. If you would have told me that two years ago or last year when the Super Bowl against the Bucks and chiefs happened that the Bengals were going to be in the Super Bowl next year, I would have never believed you. I would have laughed in your face, but there we were anyways. Uh, I, I like the new pieces they added. They got they lost Honey Badger, and obviously they lost Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill gave them some layups. But I think with their new run-centric offense, um, and they have had some additions on offense as well, Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster, I think that they'll be fine. I really do. I'm going to put my money on a team that has continued to prove to me that they can perform at the highest level and can beat some of the best teams at the highest level. They have also six new running backs. Well, not six new running backs. On their roster, they have six running backs. Uh, that's how I can tell that they're going to be a little bit more run-centric as well because obviously running backs get injured. The NFL is a brutal league. So if they have more and more of those running backs, they'll be able to go through them. And they Andy Reid, I think, will be able to scheme them plays where they can run and get some plays up the middle so that it's no longer a – third and eight it's a third and two which is a lot more manageable for Patrick Mahomes especially he can run those two yards he can throw little dimes now there has been rumors for a while that there's going to be a behind the back pass and I would be totally game to see that that'd be amazing but Patrick Mahomes had a 37-13 touchdown interception ratio last year yeah that was with a four to five game stretch where he played quote-unquote really bad 
and he had 37 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. Three to one, almost three to one ratio there. They were 13th in rushing, so they're above top half of the league in rushing last season. So I think if they focus more on that this season, I think they'll be just fine. I really do. I trust Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid more than I trust Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert, Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels, who we've seen have a breakdown. Josh McDaniels on the Broncos years ago. Granted, he's probably changed. And I just trust him more than Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett, their new head coach. That division has two unproven head coach, unproven head coaches, three actually. And the other one, yeah, is Andy Marie, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we obviously saw him drive down the field with 13 seconds left. I don't understand where the skepticism is coming in on the Chiefs. Yeah, because of one receiver, Tyreek Hill, it does take a quarterback to throw to them. Uh, yeah, Tyreek Hill is fast, but there's also like it comes down, in my opinion, to the scheme and the offensive scheme. Obviously, with Andy Reid has been well enough to get guys open, to get Travis Kelsey open, a tight end, to get Pringle open. There's so many receivers on that team that everyone decided to, oh, you know what? Now the Tyreek Hill's gone. They're going to go nine and eight. They're going to go 10 and six. Like, I'm just not buying it. I'm sorry. I really am not. I think they'll be have the best run division or run team in the division because the run game for the Raiders might be decent and the Broncos will be okay. But I think they're going to, the Broncos are going to shift more to passing with Russell on their team. Justin Herbert obviously has a, is a gunslinger. So I think they're not going to run the ball as much. And the AFC is just a pass first division. I, and especially that division, I think they're all going to be more pass first. So I am higher on the chiefs now than I was before. Um, it's still super hard for me to have them beating the bills again in the AFC championship. Who knows if they'll make it there. They got to go through the Bengals, obviously like the, the, the AFC is just stacked. So we'll see how far I have them. But if I saw them in the super bowl again, I, I I don't understand how surprised I could be how, how anyone could be surprised seeing them once again in the Super Bowl. Now we're going to move on to the Lakers. So the Lakers, as of a couple days ago, traded for Patrick Beverly. They traded away some young talent, which kind of hurts, but at the same time, he wasn't that great of a player. They, so they traded Taylor Norton Tucker and Stanley Johnson for Patrick Beverly. Now, Patrick Beverly, <laughs> he kind of is notorious for just being, you know, not good at basketball, I guess, is like one of the quotes that Nick Wright said on his podcast once. He's, he's just not good at basketball, basketball, but he is a nuisance to deal with. He is the most annoying player in the league on and off the court. The dude wakes up. Like, especially, I don't know if you guys remember this, but when the Suns got whooped by the Mavericks this last season in the playoffs in game seven, Patrick Beverly went on and just absolutely torched Chris Paul. He just absolutely torched him. The memes were going crazy. Um, but anyways, the, what they were saying about it is he is a D1 talent in hating like generational talent in hating and i just thought it was like 
literally, if anyone in the league is going to do it, it fits him perfectly. Like that is Patrick Beverly on the court, a nuisance, always trying to rip the ball out of your hands, fouling for no reason, hyping up his teammates for no reason and talking trash on the bench. And like you look at, he's talking trash to LeBron. He's talking trash to Giannis. He's talking, talking trash to Kevin Durant. He's talking trash to Kawhi, to Paul George, to the Steph. He's talking trash to Chris Paul. He's talking trash to Luca, everyone. He's talking trash to. And, and I just think it was funny. Like in my days of playing basketball, if kids try and talk trash to me, I just never like went back at it. I would let the game speak for itself mainly. Um, unless like they really got into it, then I would start talking trash back. And you see that with the NBA players now, but I just think having him, he's one of those players in the league. He just, you don't want him on your team, but you don't want to play against him either. It's the, it's this weird enigma. I don't like him on offense, although he does have, I wouldn't even say decent three-point shot. I've seen him hit the backboard a couple times, like the side of the backboard. I've seen him throw out of bounds on a shot. He's just a little wild out of control. But um, I do like him on the Lakers because the Lakers don't have a do-the-dirty-work kind of player, like a Draymond Green, like a Dennis Rodman, like a Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly is notorious for diving on the floor, um, getting those loose balls, getting the 70-30 balls, not even the 50-50 ones, where like they should not have gotten that. They should not have stolen the ball away. Yep, there's Patrick Beverly once again. Last season, he averaged 10 points, four rebounds, four assists. Not that impressive, but like I said, he is a good fit on that team because they need minutes but more importantly, good defensive minutes when LeBron and AD are off the floor. And that's what Russell Westbrook didn't have was good defensive minutes. At that point, honestly, it wasn't even offensive minutes either. But that doesn't even matter because if AD is healthy and LeBron's healthy, um, I trust them a little bit more. And Austin Reeves can bring a little bit of offense in. You weren't getting much out of Stanley Johnson and THT anyways. So I think trading for Pat Bev was great. I think it was a good idea. Um, he, at this point, he's basically a defensive Russell Westbrook because we've seen, I think we've seen Russell Westbrook at his peak from now on. Obviously not his peak in his career, but I think that's the best we're going to get out of Russ for the rest of his career. Russell Westbrook is just, he's just not there anymore in my opinion. But I think it'll help having Patrick Beverly there <clears throat> because... Patrick Beverly would bring in those defensive minutes and that tenacity, that aggression, that diving on the floor for the loose ball. LeBron's not willing to dive on the floor anymore. Neither is Anthony Davis. And honestly, I'd hope that Anthony Davis doesn't dive on the floor for anything because that guy is made of glass. Seriously. I mean, when he falls on the floor, I'm, I'm scared. Every time he falls on the floor, I look at the TV and I cover my mouth. My jaw drops and I cover my mouth because I'm just walking on eggshells, I feel like, when AD falls to the floor. Um, he has another thing that Patrick Beverly brings to the table is experience in the playoffs. He has 65 playoff games. Granted, he isn't uh, like a leading his team to the finals or leading his team through the playoffs. He has that playoff mentality of 
you know what? I'm going to dive on the floor to get this 50, 50 ball, this 70, 30 ball. I'm trying, I'm going to dive on the floor to secure this possession and get it. I'm going to get a technical foul call against the other team because I'm talking my trash. And honestly, if I get one in the meantime, oh, well, but just to set that tone, I think Patrick Beverly is perfect. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I do think the Lakers have a better shot making the playoffs this year than they did last year. Um, I don't know. It's just hard to tell with a player like Anthony Davis. <laughs> we saw the player of Chet Holmgren go out. We see players that are just bad luck. Anthony Davis has bad luck. And then sometimes it's also working on his body. He refuses, it seems like, to get in the gym in the offseason and work out. And I don't think LeBron was too happy about that last year. Um, there were talks midseason that they were going to trade AD, that they were going to get rid of Russell. But obviously nothing happened yet. Uh, if I were the Lakers, I would definitely want to get rid of Russell Westbrook at this point and try and trade for Buddy Heald and Evan Turner. That, I think, would be a great addition to your team. You need shooting. You need defense. You solve the – okay, I'm not even going to call Patrick, Bever Patrick Beverly the super good defender or anything like that, but he's just so annoying that he becomes a decent defender. He becomes so annoying to play against that it's just constantly in your mind. He made Chris Paul rage in the middle of the game, even get tired. He made Steph Curry get tired. He made all these players just tired and fatigued so that, I, so that they don't make that final shot. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Now moving on to the Brooklyn Nets. A report came out that Kevin Durant is staying with the franchise and Kyrie Irving as well. Which if you're a Nets fan, that's great news. Because although he didn't even want to be there, it seemed like for a little bit, um, he is staying. And if there's anyone in the league that I want controlling my offense... It's Kevin freaking Durant. That guy we've seen is he's Kevin freaking Durant. We've seen he's quoted that too. And that's, what's funny. I am bullish, more bullish on them than most people, because I just think this last season was just kind of a, it was just a bad regular season and off season for the Nets or postseason for the Nets. I just think the regular season went to crap because James Harden wanted out. And then they acquired Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, obviously not wanting to play basketball at the time. And Kyrie wasn't allowed to play because of Vax. Whatever. I think it was just overall bad. Not a good look for the Nets. I think it was kind of a fluke season. I think they are better. I think people seem to forget that they were literally inches away from beating the Bucks two years ago. And I think they would have definitely beaten the Suns in the finals. There was nobody on the Suns that was going to guard Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Granted, Kyrie, sorry, and James Harden. Kyrie Irving was injured, but he had the chance to come back. But I just, they were so close. Why is everyone just hating them all of a sudden? I don't know. But with Kyrie back full-time and hopefully a Ben Simmons, because obviously we don't know much about Ben Simmons, but we know that he could play a role. 
on the defensive end of the floor. And that's all the Nets needed was someone that can fill the lane in transition because I think the greatest strength that the Nets could have over anyone else is the ability to run and to increase the pace of the floor because the Nets, sorry, because the Celtics are slow. The Milwaukee Bucks are a slow team, not slow, but their pace of play is slower. And I think if the Nets were able to push the ball down the floor more with a Ben Simmons, a Kyrie Irving and a KD filling the lanes, I think that that's great. Ben Simmons is athletic enough and good enough of a passer and distributor to make that offense work. He doesn't have to be a shooter. He doesn't have to be a spot-up shooter like a Joe Harris, or he doesn't have to fill the role of a James Harden either because he brings different things to the table. Now they added uh, TJ Warren and Royce O'Neal, and I think TJ Warren is a decent ad. He's a 15-point-per-game kind of player, and Royce O'Neal is limited, but we know that he's a 3-and-D kind of guy. Royce, Royce O'Neal came from the Jazz, so he is willing to play certain roles. TJ Warren as well. We saw TJ Warren. Now, granted, it was years ago, and it was only for one or two games. He dropped 50 points. Um, that could have been a fluke, whatever. It doesn't matter. He dropped 50 points in an NBA game. That's very impressive. Uh, we know that with those guys helping on defense and offense, they have more shooting. They have more defense. And if Ben Simmons comes back healthy, their defense could be elite. Now their rim protection needs some work with Claxton being underneath there, but I don't, I'm not concerned as much because if their offense is clicking, then I think they'll be fine. If you look statistically at the Nets versus Celtics series, the Nets were not having trouble scoring necessarily. They were having trouble stopping the Celtics enough to play that they wanted to play, how they wanted to play. Now, I think it would also be extremely funny, and I know Griffin doesn't want me to say this, but because he was against a Kevin Durant trade to the Celtics, and I said, all right, I mean, you better hope that he doesn't stay and then beat you guys in the first or second round or even the conference finals next year, and he can tell them, I told you so, you should have picked me up. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't the Celtics' decision. They were willing to make the trade. It was the Nets that said no. But... I am a little bit more bullish on the Nets. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out with a Ben Simmons healthy, mentally, spiritually, who knows, uh, emotionally and physically, obviously, but a Kyrie Irving that is there full-time now, Kevin Durant with more of a killer mentality. doesn't. I don't think he liked the way it ended there and how the coaching went, so I think he'll have a little bit more of a chip on his shoulder same with Kyrie Irving. Everyone was telling him how he, he was selfish and quote and all this stuff. Uh, ben Simmons is known to not even care, so I'm not too convinced that he'll have a chip on his shoulder because he doesn't really like basketball. But at the end of the day, um, I think he would be willing to buy in with those kind of guys of Kevin Durant and Kyrie, just kind of weird guys. Just not their not teammate friendly kind of guys, but I think that they'll be able to work together enough to make the playoffs and make a decent playoff run. Call me crazy, but that's what I think. Now moving on, 
we're going to do our final little piece here on this solo show with the Dallas Cowboys. A report came out a couple days ago that Tyron Smith, the left tackle for the Cowboys, the future Hall of Famer, first ballot, great left tackle, is out three to four months, at least with a hamstring issue. Now, this is devastating news for the Cowboys. I am being a Cowboys fan. am not happy to hear this at all. It really does suck. And now I know what you're thinking like, oh, how much different can the offense be with a left guard or left tackle being out? The issue is the dude was six, four or taller. I think even 300 pounds and he had an eight pack. Like this guy is massive and he is amazing at protecting the quarterback. It's just tough to see an offense so reliant, quote unquote, on the run and offense runs through Zeke. That's what Jerry Jones said a couple days ago was that the offense runs through Zeke and will be fine, which I'm not so happy or I don't agree with that even the slightest because having that offensive, that left tackle out really hurts your offensive line. And if the offense is going to run through Zeke, you need a strong offensive line. And just protecting the quarterback in general as well. Last night I watched the Cowboys versus Seahawks game and granted it was preseason and they weren't playing their starters, but Ben DiNucci, their backup quarterback, Cooper Rush and Will Greer, their three backup quarterbacks all played all three of them. I kid you not on running plays. They were fine because obviously they got rid of the ball. They're not going after them, but on pass plays, they had to run out of the pocket or, or were in some kind of trouble half the time, literally like, every other play and it was tough to watch it was honestly kind of sad now they didn't play too bad they had five takeaways and only scored what was it 26 27 points i think it was 27 points let me check real quick yeah 27 points they beat them 27 to 26 against the seahawks the Seahawks are predicted to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's preseason, Palmer. What well, doesn't even matter? I understand that it's preseason and it doesn't matter. But at the same time, the coaching is still going to run similar plays to their offense in the regular season. Not the exact same one. Similar. It's going to be the same type of offense. Just so that everyone gets used to it. Now, they were running for their lives how am I supposed to believe that an offense that runs through their running game and their offensive line with one of their best offensive tackles out of the game for months is supposed to be a playoff team, a very good playoff team. I don't believe it for one second now. Um, I, okay. I shouldn't say that. I don't believe for one second. I still think that they're going to win the division because he'll come back enough for, and they're better than the other teams in their division to make the playoffs. Now, I am very skeptical, especially on the coaching already. And I am sketched out a little bit now for Dak Prescott because Dak's health has been an issue in the past. And if he's not behind, if Tyron Smith isn't back there protecting Dak, Dak might get injured. And I hate to say, I don't want to see my quarterback go down, but it is more of a health issue now for Dak Prescott. He's not the best pocket passer. He's a little inaccurate and he has 
a decent arm. So I think that's that's the only reason why I think they're going to beat beat out the other the Eagles, the Commanders, and the Giants was be, is because they have, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the division by far. Uh, they don't have a very good coach, but I think they have decent enough offense and talent to push through the, divi- the division. But I don't see them making a run in the playoffs this year. Granted, Tyron Smith will come back healthy enough, but at that point, he's literally going to get injured, I feel like. Every season we can count on Tyron Smith getting injured, and it's really sad to see because he's so good. And another thing came out was that they can use their new draft pick in the first round to replace him because he's so good, apparently. But you expect them to put a new player in at left tackle? The dude is a guard. He's not going to be able to to have that position. Not only that, but there are reports out there that he's very holdy. He likes to grab. He was one of the most penalized players in football last year. The Cowboys averaged 64 yards per game in penalties. 64 yards. That's almost an entire football field. That's almost three quarters of a football field. That's insane to me. That was obviously by far the most in the league. Yards per game was 64. I mean, that's all on coaching, in my opinion. The discipline that the Cowboys always seem to lack. And I think with their offensive line being shaky now, they're going to be more jumpy to get those false starts. They're going to be more holdy because they're just going to be trying to compensate the entire time for the missing pieces in their offense. Their defense looked pretty good last night. I'm not too worried about the defense. I don't know if Trayvon Diggs is going to have 11 interceptions again this year, but I think their defense will be decent enough with Dan Quinn. Um, I don't see them making a viable run in the playoffs now. But yeah, I know this podcast was a little shorter. Um, Thanks for listening. We'll uh, see you guys next time on the Nope Just Sports podcast.